My name is Shannon Davis, and our official website, where you can find links to everything you may be looking for, and other info, OmegaManRadio.com. We've had that since the very first day, I believe. OmegaManRadio.com is where you can find me, or probably uh, within a short time of our first episode. Um, Okay, we've got a great marathon for you today. We're going to read some word. Then we've got David Measures coming to you from England, Gary Stafford, and a special guest today, John Terrell. And then tonight at 8 Eastern, we're going to have the Demon Hotline with E.R. Hotard. Also tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Demon Hotline with Victor Mravlag. So the way that works is uh, we'll bring the guest on, they'll bring the word. Then usually in the second hour, we open up the phone lines and cast out devils in the name of Jesus. So if you or someone you know needs deliverance, Direct them over to Omega Man Radio and let them know that uh, we're now going to have several nights a week. Hopefully we'll get it up to five nights a week where we're going to have the Demon Hotline. I've just got to recruit some more people to do the program with me. And then uh, we'll begin to consistently do those 8 p.m. Eastern shows. Next week, Tuesday the 10th, Soul Bait Ministries and the Prophetic Hotline. We haven't done that in many months, so I'm looking forward to that. Soul Bait Prophetic Hotline. Coming up next Tuesday, 8 Eastern. Uh, Another update. I discovered 14 never before released or heard Henry Groover audios. These were given to me by Henry Groover personally from a micro cassette recorder that I sent with him, donated to his ministry, and I said, Brother Henry, where you can, turn this thing on and record, and then when you come back in from the road, I can take what you've recorded and we can digitize it and release it. And he sent me uh, several audio files that I never went through until yesterday. And what I found just amazed me. I didn't think we had that much. I listened to a few of them and they weren't very long, but then as I went through them, I realized Yes, indeed, we have a lot. We had 14. Most of them are an hour and a half to two hours long. Many of them with an interpreter. They have already been released. You can get them right up on Podbean. Megaman.podbean.com. 14 of them. Also, I have released, re-released the 13 Omega Man shows that Henry Groover did. I call them the Prayer Walker series, number 1 through 13. Those have been released again. And they are now safe in our archive, and you can get those anytime you want them. Next thing I'm doing, and it's a project I just started here an hour ago, is I'm uh, gathering all the Hank Groover programs we did that are missing from the archive, and I uh, did a batch FTP upload. So you'll begin to see those populate into the archives. Now, these shows I'm putting at the top of the Podbean feed so people don't miss them. And then in a few weeks, I'll rotate them out, or not, and I could put them back in their chronological order by episode number. So, you're going to see them inserted at the top, but I want them to get maximum coverage. Now, really, the way these things work, the Podbean system or Blog Talk Radio, if you're looking for a particular speaker, here's the key. Go to the search box and type in the name, like Hank Space Groover or Henry Space Groover, and that 
search should bring up every file that we've got in there. So that's a real easy way to find it because as uh, time progresses and we've got tens of thousands of shows back in the archive, how are you going to find them? Well, that's how you could do it. That's a quick and easy way. Just do a search on the name and then you can go and peruse that. Okay, so I'm excited to uh, have that done. All the Hank Groover, all the Henry Groover is done. Again, 14 episodes you've never heard before. We've never released them until today, yesterday. So get those and uh, please let a friend know. We have a massive archive that we build day by day. Today is going to be another episode, fresh, and then we'll put it into the archives and we keep building. Very soon we're going to have 10,500. I think we're just a few away from that. Yeah, we'll be there probably, man, maybe tomorrow, 10,500. Then we're going for 11,000. This is probably the largest archive of a podcast in the world. I think we do have the world record. I can boast on the Lord Jesus Christ because he got us here. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you to those of you who have supported over the years, whatever you could do. Uh, We are here today because you helped fuel this podcast. And I do encourage you to come on board and um, where you're able, whatever you can uh, give to this project. Uh, There are many ways to do it. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. I will thank you in advance. It helps us to make it another day. Okay, and we do live day by day in faith. Yes, indeed, we do. So thanks again to uh, those that uh, are working with us in this harvest field. One plants a seed, another waters it, God gives the increase, and we all uh, share in the reward who roll up our sleeves to do this work here, Um, or any work of the Lord for that fact. But thank you again. Okay, Uh, that's all I have for announcements right now. Let's just jump on in. Let's pray. Father, Jehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for this opportunity. Once again, speak your word. Invite the Holy Spirit of God to come and teach us the word, illuminate the scripture, give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding of what we read, Father God, and help us to retain it. Write it on the tables of our heart that we may not sin against thee. Thank you for this opportunity. Father God, also in Jesus Christ's name, surround every one of us with your warrior angels. We plead the blood of Jesus over everyone out there who will be listening in our families, the equipment, the archives. Give us favor, God, to endure to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to start today in a new book of the Bible. We're going to be in Deuteronomy. I skipped a few of the page chapters of Exodus that uh, deal with uh, specific instructions for uh, building the tabernacle, and it's very important you read that. Encourage everybody to read the entire Word of God. Just take it bit by bit. A little bit every day, and you'll be through it. I think it took me close to three years the first time I read the whole Bible, and I was just doing it piecemeal. But I finally got it done, and then I read the New Testament several times, and I need to read it many more times. But I didn't want to stand before God and, and not be able to say I've read his. And I didn't want to stand before the Lord and then have to give the testimony that, Lord, I never read your entire Bible. That'd be sad. You don't want to appear before the Lord Jesus Christ, nor do I, not having read the entire Bible. Because we had a lifetime to do it. And what will be your excuse in mind? And really, if we're not interested in doing it, what is our priority? Where is our love? Do we love God? Do we love His Word? And how you go into the Word and read it is up to you. You can read a little from the old, a little from the new, a proverb a day, five psalms a day, be through psalms in a month or proverbs in a month. and However you want to do it. There's even Bible reading plans. Get through it in a year. Typically, it's about three chapters a day. But if you have not read the whole Bible, I encourage you to do it. You must do it before you kick the bucket. And it'd be sad if we only read it one time. There are people that really get into God's Word, and I commend them, and some of them read it a couple times a month. Can you imagine? Man, well, it could it could happen. We've just got a set of priorities. Where do you spend the most time? 
in TV, radio, podcast, entertainment, golfing, fishing, or in God's Word? Well, what amount of time we spend it really shows um, what we think about it and where our love is. And I know I need to do a better job, and I am going to do it. I want to read it about a thousand times before I kick the bucket. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Let's get started then. Jesus' name, here we go. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side, Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel, Laban and Hazaroth, and Dizahab. There are eleven days' journey from Horeb, by the way of Mount Seir, unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according to all that Yahovah had given him in commandment unto them. We were reading about the Ten Commandments yesterday, if you were with us. After he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, he was a giant, wasn't he? Which dwelt at Astaroth in Edri. Astaroth had to have been a wicked place. There is a demon people worship to this day, Astaroth. Astaroth. On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, Yahovah, our God, spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh thereunto. In the plain, in the hills, and in the valley, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which Jehovah swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. Jehovah your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. Jehovah, God of your fathers, make you a thousand times so more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden? and your strife. Take you wise men and understanding, and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And ye answered me and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, captains over fifties, and captains over tens and officers among your tribes. And I charge your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother, and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time, all the things which ye should do. And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which ye saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as Jehovah our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, 
which Yahovah our God doth give unto us. Behold, Yahovah thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As Yahovah God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. How many times do you and I operate in fear or discouragement? I know I've had my share. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us. They shall search out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and unto what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well. I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain, and came unto the valley of Eshcol, searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands, and brought it down unto us, and brought us word again, and said, It is a good land which Jehovah our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of Jehovah your God. They were disobedient. How many times have you and I been disobedient? It's rebellion, it says, of the sin of witchcraft. And ye murmured in your tents, and said, Because Jehovah hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us. Now that wasn't true, was it? And God wasn't a liar. He said, Do not fear or be discouraged. Go up and possess the land. Why would they not obey? Why did they operate in doubt and unbelief? Sad. It's going to cost them mightily. Cost you and I too if we operate just like them. In doubt and unbelief and disobedience toward the Lord. We're no different today than them. Because of their sin, many of them never saw the promised land and they died in the desert. And that could be the same for you and I. Our promised land is heaven. It's possible to miss heaven. Through disobedience to God's word and doubt and unbelief and rebellion. Or miss out on promises of God. That he's declared. God help us. I don't want to do that. Go around the block. Die in the desert. My carcass hit the ground. Never entering in. That'd be sad, but it happens. Doubt and unbelief. Great falling away. Yep, yeah, that, that's a great example to illustrate the point I'm trying to make. There's going to be a great falling away. People are not going to make it. Because of fear, doubt and unbelief, murmuring and complaining. They don't believe God. They don't take him at his word. They believe the lie of the enemy, hath God said. Same lie, same devil, happening today too. Hath God said, did he really write the Bible? Can the word of God, King James, be trusted? I've heard those demons speak just like that. Okay, through people. As ye murmured in your tents and said, Because Yahovah hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us from the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the son of the Anakims there. Nephilim, giants. Tall people. And then giants on top of that, the sons of the Anakims there. Then I said unto you, dread not. It's Moses speaking. Now, Moses authorized a searching party to go out and spy out the land. One man from each of the twelve tribes. Okay, He was pleased with that saying. 
They went out. They were looking for the best way to enter in. They were forward observers, if you will, like the Army has. They usually send out men to scout out an area. Now they use drones or satellite, but wasn't long ago there would be a, a, a small party of men that would go ahead of the battalions in, in warfare. He's okay with that. And they come back and give a report. What Moses is not okay with and God's not okay with is their response to what they saw. They're walking by sight, not by faith. They're walking by what their eyes see and not trusting in what God said. It's going to cost them. It'll cost you and I. Yahweh your God, which go before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Again, God says, dread not, neither be afraid of them. Verse 31, And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that Yahovah, thy God, who is our God, he has a name, Yahovah, Y-E-H-O-V-A-H, that's his name, Yahovah, short is Yah. I know you spelt Y-A-H short, but that's not how they do it in Hebrew. So in the long form, it's Y-E-H, not Y-A-H. That's people that don't speak or understand Hebrew trying to put an English spin on it. doesn't work that way. Yehovah. Yehovah, your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that Yehovah, thy God, bare thee as a man doth bear his son. And all the way that ye went until ye came unto this place. Now, ye is talking about the whole of the people. That's proper English. What is a program, pro, pronoun when you are referring to everyone? Plural. King James, it's ye. Thee, thy, thou is singular. Greek has singular and plural. So if we have a Hebrew and a Greek Bible and you're going to transmit over into the English language, you've got to be able to transmit over and delineate singular from plural. That's why we have the ye's and these and thys and thous in the King James. That was correct. That's not archaic English. But if it had been written by a southern boy, they'd be saying y'all. You know what y'all is? Y'all is not one person, it's a group. Y'all. Or Ewans. We never use Ewans, though. We use y'all. Or you all. I think they use up in north. But I'm not a northern boy. I'm a southern boy. Okay. Yet in this thing, ye did not believe Yahovah your God. That's the problem. They didn't believe who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in in fire by night to show you by what way ye should go and in the cloud by day and Yahovah heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear saying surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation look at what God calls these people that are operating in fear, do not believe God, do not take him at his word. He calls them an evil generation. I wonder what he calls us in our time, in America, in other countries. Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land, which I swear to give unto your fathers. Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon and to his children. Why? Because he hath wholly followed the Lord, Yehovah. Also, Yehovah was angry with me for your sakes, saying, Thou also shall not go in thither. 
but Joshua the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Out of the whole multitude, of those that I guess are above about 20 or 21 everybody has been prohibited from going in God's not going to let them do it because they operated in doubt and unbelief and he considered them an evil generation only these two individuals Caleb and Joshua and then the younger ones will be allowed to go in Moreover, your little ones which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in there, and unto them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Who are the little ones? Those that in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in there. And you know, it's the same way today. Uh, Children die. They don't have the knowledge of good and evil if you will they're not of the age of accountability and they die or murdered God takes them and even though Satan through people murder children every single day in the womb they're not going to have a life to live out here but God takes them they don't go to hell. They're not of the age of accountability. They're innocents. They enter into the promised land. God takes them. So there's one redeeming thing of the tragedy of uh, murder of the babies is God gets a harvest. He'll take them. They go to heaven. Little children go to heaven. If my little children are here, here in the house, if they died, they would go to heaven. Of course, there is an age of accountability where you're old enough to know the plan of salvation. you got to make a choice. To the Jews, I believe that is age 13. They have the bar mitzvah. But I wouldn't consider anybody too young to share the gospel with them. I said the sinner's prayer at probably age 4. My mother would read the Bible stories to us. We were in church. I was in my Sunday school class, age four. I was always in the house of God on Sundays, usually Wednesday night too. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When we were nearby the church, and uh, I praise God for my upbringing. I don't know when I first actually received Christ, my Lord and Savior, but I know I was at a young age. But publicly, I did it when I was 18. I just wanted to be sure that I was sure that I had confessed the Lord before men. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. And I embarrassed probably a lot of people on that Sunday. At my grandfather's church, no less. He did an altar call Sunday morning. There was a drunk man that came up and some other person. And I went up too. And a lot of people ask questions, why? And I said, because I've never been able to pinpoint the day that I received Christ. I know he's in my heart, and I know I've received him, probably prayed the sinner's prayer a hundred times. But everybody else, you know, they come to faith, they say, well, it was back in so-and-so date, I remember the date. I couldn't pinpoint it. Not to mention, I'm not going to leave my eternity to chance, and neither should you. Have you ever told someone that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Have you ever admitted it before someone? You need to. Confess it. Confess me before men. It says, and I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. So I want to make sure. I'm not gambling my eternity on anything. And I went up on a Sunday morning, 18 years old, and that's what I I made a public confession for Christ. So yeah. But I'm sure I did it probably when I was about four or two. Way back then. Shoot, we knew about tithing. 
give the 10%. You get a dollar, you give a dime. Way back then, yeah, six, seven years old, you know, we would tithe and I get a dollar, give 10 cents to the Lord. We were trained up the way we should go so that when we're older, we won't depart. Now, there was a time I backslid and I was running from the Lord. But, praise God, the grandmother prayed and uh, Holy Spirit convicted and I repented and turned from my uh, backslid state repented and said Lord I'm going all in here we go even Moses is going to get in because he disobeyed God and instead of speaking to the rock he got angry at the children of Israel and smote it so water would come out he disobeyed God and God held him accountable he will see it from afar but he will not himself be able to enter into the the promised land we need to obey God it carries consequences when we don't God means business we don't want to get the Lord angry it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God when he's angry Fear you don't fear men who can kill this body fear him who after he's killed your body can throw you into the lake of fire and you experience a second death there are two deaths deaths in the physical body and the lake of fire those that go there they'll be in torment forever there's no no end to it God have mercy no end no end in sight it would be a sad thing and I've heard it said that your loved ones who are aware of a family member that died God will wipe that away from their mind they won't even remember them anymore so you'll literally be screwed if you die lost you'll go to the lake of fire after spending prison time in hell when the, all the dead are raised they they go up those that died without Christ go before the great white throne judgment get their final sentencing they've been on death row for how many of years they've been in hell some have been in there for thousands of years I remember back in 2010 during the financial crises there was a man who jumped off of a bridge to his death another man he killed his family and then he committed suicide they went right into hell they've been in hell at least 13 years probably going to be in there a lot longer in fact the great white throne judgment doesn't happen until after the thousand year millennial reign so if you die tonight you'll be in hell at least a thousand years and then some in torments that's just death row and then comes the lake of fire and great white throne judgment you call before God your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life depart from me you work of iniquity I never knew you the angels take you they throw you right into the lake of fire a literal burning furnace like being thrown into the middle of an active volcano and you experience everything you would experience if you were thrown into a volcano right now in real time and then some you just don't die your soul doesn't die it's immortal and you have all sensory perceptions and then some The smoke of their torment ascends up day and night forever. And your loved ones, their minds are erased of your memory. Otherwise, you'd probably be mourning for eternity. How sad it would be. You died. And your children go to heaven. Or your spouse, and you're in the lake of fire, or I'm there. And they'll never even remember you existed. That's the ultimate judgment. It's not nihilism, soul death, no you're thrown alive into the lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and the smoke of the torment ascends up day and night forever no end not even a billion years and then there's rest it's forever you would think we'd get our priorities in order in the church 
and focus on winning souls for Jesus? That if they're not one in time, they're going to bust hell wide open and then the lake of fire? Where's our priorities? Word of God says, he that wins souls is wise. And then for those of us that want to flirt with sin, and we've all did it, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it only takes a second, you're dead. Make a wrong move. Or the enemy kill you. You open up a door, he gets the advantage. Bam. T-bones you. As you're going through the, the traffic light, someone doesn't stop. I can tell you right here in Bali, people don't stop. Sometimes way after the red light, they still come through. I've seen it. I've been on the back of a scooter when they did it. And I was like, God, have mercy. All I could do is just pray. This guy didn't stop. Went right through the red light. I've had to get a couple people to slow down. They were driving dangerously. Take one second, Spirit. You leave your body. You're not ready to meet Jesus. It's over. And the enemy is, he's laying in wait, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he gets people. Before they've had an opportunity to repent, come back to Christ, bam, they're dead. It's over. Another one bites the dust. Another one in hell. This is serious business, folks. It's life or death. It's heaven or hell. We don't preach enough about it. And sin carries a big penalty. The wages of sin are death. But thank God for Jesus. But the gift of God through Christ Jesus is eternal life. We need to obey God or we're going to miss out. Moreover, your little ones, which he said should be a prey, your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in there. And unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you. Here's the judgment. Take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. God's going to now send them around the block. They got so close, but they disobeyed God. Now they're going to die in the desert. Then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against Yahovah. We will go up and fight. Now they changed their minds. It's too late. According to all that Yahovah our God commanded us. And when ye had girded on every man his weapons of war, ye were ready to go up into the hill. And Yahovah said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you. Lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear. The second time they're disobedient. But rebelled against the commandment of Yehovah and went presumptuously. They went on their own without God. In contradiction to what he had said, he said, don't do it. I'm not going to go up with you. Don't fight or you're going to be smitten by your enemies. They went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you and chased you as bees do and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. Destroyed them. That just gave them a beating. Destroyed them. People died. And he returned and wept before Yahovah. But Yahovah would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. Their crying didn't help. God wasn't going to listen. Should have obeyed. So ye abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that ye abode there. 
Folks, there's a price to pay for disobedience to God. I know people in ministry who took their eyes off the Lord, got in the flesh, got involved in adultery, and died before their time. God did not bless them with a long life. They died before their time, and they were buried. And another one will take their office. Does not pay to disobey the Lord. It did not pay for President Trump to disobey the Lord. God had tapped him to use him and did use him to accomplish some things, but he took his eyes off God. He listened to other counselors and look at where he's at today. He even hired a homosexual man as one of his temporary cabinet appointees. If I have heard correctly, he spoke out against this move to try to ban abortions in all 50 states and stop these murders of the children. He was not happy with uh, the Florida governor and some others that were standing the ground saying that this needs to stop. Beyond six weeks? What's that say? Where does he really stand? We know where he stood on the VAX. Operation Warp Speed, and he continues to stand on it, and he's got millions of dead people, blood on his hands. They're blood polluted with mRNA. Those that are still alive, others have died. Jonathan Conn, I remember it myself, gave him a warning, and also Obama, in the very beginning, warned both of those men. You have before you a choice to make. You can obey God and have God bless you, or you can go your own way, disobey God, and it's not going to turn out well. Trump had a decision, and he failed in that decision. I know there's some people that love Trump. I voted for him twice. But it did not turn out well. And I don't hold out any hope that he's coming back. He hasn't repented. He surrounded himself with counselors who gave him one bad appointee after the next that he brought in. They caused him nothing but trouble. They were sent in the camp. He was wishy-washy. And he went the way of Jehu. God used Jehu to take down Jezebel. God used Trump to take down Jezebel Hillary. But then Jehu sinned. And it did not end well. And that was the prophecy given to Trump and Obama. It will not end well for you either if you depart from God. And there we are. Trump went the way of Jehu, just like Jonathan Cod prophesied. If our ways please the Lord, even our enemies will be at peace with us. We've got a lot of enemies in America. Our ways do not please God. And the church too. The judgment starts first, the house of God. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? And there's some people that probably got offended because I just crucified their their sacred cow. Trump is not my deliverer and he's not yours either. There's only one coming that can deliver you and I and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and all likelihood God has delivered us into the hands of our enemies because of our complicity in sin. There have been no fruits meet for repentance in the church or in the land. We're murdering more children than ever before. We're we're gung-ho to enter into these ungodly agreements with the World Economic Forum. We've got a government that's went off the reservation, renegade, persecuting the people. Homosexuality is the order of the day. We've seen the rise of the sodomites.
And even Obama lifted his heels against Israel before he left office. That was one redeeming thing I liked about Trump, is that he did make Jerusalem the capital of Israel. That was a long time coming. And I applauded that and his treatment of our military. But that was a far cry from where he should have been. And in the end, it cost him. And it might yet cost him jail. The invasion of the southern border should not be, but I believe it could very well be the judgment of God. There are judgments that if we depart from the faith and go and serve other gods, Word of God says your land will be invaded by men like caterpillars. They will lift up a shout against you. I believe the judgment of God is pouring out on America. It's not enough to vote. It's too late. We vote with our actions. There's got to be national repentance if this country has any hope of turning of the judgment of God being delayed, and I don't see it happening. We're seeing the dismantling of our nation to be handed over to the coming beast government, and we're on a fast track to do it. I don't think it's going to be thwarted. But individuals can be saved and families can be saved. You and I can repent and come under the protection of God. Yes, we can. And we don't have to fear. I don't fear anymore. God delivered me a few weeks ago, once and for all. You heard me right. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. I read the word and I believed it. The fear of men bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in Yehovah shall be safe. And I don't feed for any more. I turned off redacted. I don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't care what the New World Order is planning to do. I don't bury my head in the sand. I know all that I need to know about their plan. And any updates just help me to realize the race is on and we've got to work even more diligently because things are wrapping up. The Antichrist is coming. You got to see this new video on Prince Charles or on King Charles. It's an amazing second testimony. Compelling evidence that he's very likely the man. We shall see. But I'll post a link to it. I just saw it today. It was a fantastic presentation. We're getting close, folks. When they make a make a agreement, they give up parts of Israel for peace. Oh boy, we're on the fast track then. No question about it. I'm not worried about the WF any WEF anymore. I don't fear it. It's coming. I'm not worried about a cashless society. I don't like it, and I see it beginning. But I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to be put anywhere on this globe. Because if my ways please the Lord, He's got my back and He's got yours. If we fear and obey the Lord, even the angel of the Lord will encamp about you to deliver you. I could go back to ground zero at the Mexican border. And we would have if that had been God's will. God has another plan. And we're here until He tells us to move. Just like the Israelites, they stayed until He told them to move. And when He told them to go, we need to obey. He told them to take the land and they disobeyed because they had fear instead of faith. They had doubt and unbelief instead of faith and belief in God. They did not put their trust in Yahovah. And if we don't do it in our time, then we will be ensnared. What you feed is going to grow. What you starve is going to die. Turn off fear and fake news. Most of it is propaganda. It will not help you in the day of trouble. It will probably just help you to lose all. Like those that operate in the same thing. And people are murmuring, complaining, oh God is going to just, he's just going to deliver us in the hands of these Anakims. He's setting us up for a fall. God can't take care of us. He's not strong enough. They said all kinds of things like this, a thought in their hearts. And it cost them the promised land. Now God has told them, 
Even if they said, oh God, we made a mistake, forgive us. Nope, too late. And they disobeyed. He said, don't go up and don't fight. I will not be with you. And you'll be destroyed. And that's exactly what happened. We better start obeying God sooner than later or we will be destroyed too. As a nation, as a people. Judgment first starts in the house of God. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I'm going to have to stop right there. I didn't get much further than Deuteronomy 1 today, but that's enough. We're going to stop right there. Praise God. Coming up in about eight minutes, we're going to continue the marathon. I hope you're enjoying this, and I hope it encourages you to put your faith and trust in God, to obey Him at His word. And to know what he's saying, we've got to get into his word and in prayer. I don't need any more updates from InfoWars or that new group that they've joined forces with. I don't need any more. I've been studying this stuff for 30 years. And it hasn't helped me, to tell you the truth. I could take the sum of all my knowledge, and it's more than a thousand men out there. Because I have ate, drank, and slept this for 30 years. And then some. And I can tell you, at the end of the day, it didn't help me. Just a waste of time. Talk to Terry Cook. He said, all the books that I've ever written, he said, I wish I'd not read. I wish I'd not studied and read them. A waste of my time. He could have summed it up just like I can sum it up. What's coming? The Bible is going to be carried out. And we need to get focused on what really matters because we're wasting our time on things that will not profit in the day of trouble we're not winning souls we're not obeying the great command and many are going to appear before the Lord Jesus Christ they got saved but when they get there they have nothing to show for it no reward going to heaven is a pauper you'll be the least in the kingdom of God no reward and you're going to have to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ still at the judgment seat of Christ and give an accounting and you got nothing to show for it. But a lot of wasted years. Doing everything but what the Lord said. He said, he that wins souls is wise. No signs that follow. But you spent 30 years listening to Alex Jones or some other guy they got nothing to add that's going to help you and I that we don't already know about the end times. And even with that, most still believe they're getting out of here before trouble starts and they're in for a rude awakening. They're actually setting themselves up to be part of the great falling away. I can tell you, I've spent 30 or more years, more than that, looking at an end time prophecy, listening to news, following the conspiracies, some real, some not. Got people yesterday turning off their phones. They thought they were going to turn into a zombie zapped by an EAS signal. Folks, there was a movie made out of that. This came out of Hollywood. It's an urban legend. That was circulated years ago. People keep dredging this up, and they get online, and they get jacked up on caffeine and a spirit of fear, and I've done my part in that too. I, I know how to do it. I can get jacked up on fear. Get quelling on here, we can scare the hell out of you. It doesn't happen. And I thought, even so, even if technology is real, I didn't take no mRNA, what do I got to worry about it? I got a job to do, and you do too. It's called win souls for Jesus. It's called Occupy Until Jesus Comes. There's bigger fish to fry. And we're letting the enemy use psychological warfare to wear us down to where we have no time left and it's game over and you got nothing to show for your time down here except you drank a lot of coffee, listened to a lot of fear news and propaganda and you may know all about the next plan of the World Economic Forum but you didn't win one soul for Jesus. Never took the time to read the Bible we're not casting out devils. We're not praying for the sick. We're not preventing people from suiciding. We're not raising the dead. 
We're not doing anything that Jesus said to do, and we got no fruit. But because of the mercy of God, he lets you into heaven. But everything that we do will be tried by fire. And if we build on the hay, wood, and stubble, it says it will be consumed by the fire. Anything that survives the fire will stand. There are people who are going to die with no fruit. They're going to stand before the Lord Jesus and say, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I will stand up, up to date on Ukraine, Lord, on Klaus Schwab. I was tracking the Nephilim, and that is an interesting subject. I, I do like to look into that from time to time. But some people just major on it. But are you winning souls? I know people, that's all they do, write books about it. But you never talk about winning souls. I see no deliverance. For all the warnings that Alex Jones did with InfoWars, he could have used his massive platform and fueled deliverance ministry. Has he ever brought on a deliverance minister? They ever done any mass deliverance? They ever done an altar call? Well, that's his calling. That's not what the Lord Jesus called anybody to do. Yes, there are the, the job of the watchmen. I'm a watchman. We warn that Jesus Christ is coming back. And we've got to work like never before because we're running out of time. And the enemy wants to run you down to zero. Grains left in the hourglass. It's time up. You're caught up. You appear before the Lord. Did you win any souls? No. Did you cast out any devils? No. Did you read my word? A little bit piecemeal. What did you spend your life on? Well, I worked. That's good. We're all supposed to work. A man that does not work, he does not eat. But we've all got the same amount of time. Did you wake up early to read the Bible? No. Did you spend any time in my word, in prayer, meditating on it? Did you share the gospel with anybody? No. Did you cast out a devil? No. Did you stand in the gaps for the widows and the orphans and those in disaster? Nope. Did you bless Israel when people are cursing them? Nope. That's going to be the testimony of many people. They're going to be just like the man who died on the cross. Through the mercy of God, he got in. And that day met Jesus in paradise, but he had no reward when he got there. Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly with my reward in my hand to give everyone according to their works. Faith without works is dead. It's the grace and mercy of God that allows us to be saved. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But your reward is based on your works. And the enemy doesn't want you and I to work or concentrate on things that are going to profit us when we stand before the Lord and winning souls. He wants us to just be consumed with lust of the flesh, entertainment, parting, gallivanting, focusing on what the enemy is planning to do next to you and I, next to you and I. What can you do to change it? Not really much. And I just maintain, Mark is coming, don't take it. <clears throat> Persecution's coming, tribulation's coming. Martyrdom for many of us. In all likelihood, we're going to see that day. And my time is up. So what? Knowing that it's coming... Let us redeem the time. Know that the day time is short. Night cometh when no man can work. And let's work on something that's going to profit us in that day. So we can appear before the Lord and say, here, here you go, Father. I, did, I worked with what you gave me. I redeemed the time. I did what I could to help you. I was faithful to what you put in my hand to do. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I did the best I could. He says, well done. My good and faithful servant. It's required of a servant to be faithful. And there we go. It's up to you. It's up to me. What are we going to do? Others may not rally to the cause. They don't value their time. And they have been lulled to sleep and deceived and God sends a strong delusion because they had not loved the truth 
they're goners. Many are not going to make it the day ahead. And they'll wake up and it'll be too late. They will not be prepared for what's coming. It'll come as a shock to the system, like a thief in the night. And they're just not going to be able to endure to the end. And they'll tap out. And maybe their last breath is, oh God, if I just had more time. And then pop goes a weasel. The spirit leaves their body and it's over with. God forbid. It's not too late to bring in the harvest. Jesus waiting until the midnight hour, just hoping for somebody to come along. Most were asleep. Somebody, please help me. He's looking for you and I. He's looking for a man or woman to stand in the gap. And he told us in the beginning, straight is gate, narrow is way, and few be that enter therein. Don't expect masses to go. You may not even want to be in a big mega church. That may say something about the church. Usually it does. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few be to that enter therein. I'd rather go to the little church on the hill with 20 cars out there than a mega church based on what I've seen in those churches. They major on music, and that's about all they got. And my time is up. Let's get David measures on. Here we go. God help us all.